What's up, Tony? What's up, brother? Hey, man, I can't tell you how pumped I am to be uh, to be going to Hair Love Retreat 2020. Dude, we've been watching this for several years. Now we get to actually be a part of it in real life. Dude, I cannot wait. There's going to be so much education there. Um, it, I mean, like you can do like extensions. You can do there's just there's just so much to do. I can't wait to kind of watch it all. And you can, you can unwind. You know, I mean, there's so much there to do, mm -hmm. and hopefully you can come and do it with us. But for our listeners, the best part, go ahead, $500 off. So if you use our code, and our code is Hairdistry Hair Love, if you go to hairdistryretreat.com and put in Hairdistry Hair Love, you can get $500 off your, what is it, admission? Yeah, yeah, your ticket. Dude, right? what a way to save 500 bucks. But you wanna know something? We have a special guest today, the one and only, the founder of Hair Love Retreat, Hair Love Miss, Miss Elizabeth, Elizabeth Fay. Welcome, Miss Elizabeth Fay. <laughs> Hello, you guys are so so wonderful. How are she you? She meant to say goofy. Yeah, we are goofy. <laughs> I'm so excited you guys are coming. Dude, I can't believe we I'm finally made it happen, you know? Yeah. I know, I know. I was um, one of your guys's kind of in the beginning episodes. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You were uh, premiere. <laughs> yeah, the premiere is our first live event, and you were like, uh, you know, our third guest of that day of our first day. I've always loved what you guys are doing, and watching your journey has been really cool. And I feel like we've both been a part of each other's journeys um, the last however long it's been, a few years. And I'm super excited. You know, this is five days of the industry's top education from barbering to color, cutting, business. I mean, so many cool business. Um, we have roundtables, like panels. We do, we do education a little bit differently. And then you also get to hike famous mountains, mm. do incredible yoga. The networking here is like nothing in the industry. It's just a safe place to leave with lifelong business friendships and i have watched these stylists come in and leave with like this tribe of artists and 10x their businesses really leave feeling confident and empowered and for me um experience education and like investing in my own business is what's completely changed my life and so i'm excited to do this again in another big way this year it's going to be so good and we really really um you know love your audience and what you're doing so we definitely want to give everyone here if this is something that's been on your bucket list you won't regret it it's an investment that will pay you back for years to come so yeah use the 500 dollars off code and make it happen yeah that's awesome i mean I, I i'll speak for our listeners and i know that they appreciate just the opportunity to save 500 for, for for such an event it's pretty cool so again that uh that code is hairdustry hair love and um again you can punch that in at the uh, hairloveretreat.com and also make sure you dm us and let us know who you want us to interview oh boom good call all right peace elizabeth we'll see you there see you there bye guys What's up, brother? Hey, man. I want to uh, give a big thanks to uh, our sponsors uh, today. Thank you, Schedulicity. Thank you so much for doing what you do for our industry. You give so much love. You give so much love to us. We want to uh, thank you from the bottom of our heart.
Well, uh, in 2019, they changed the industry, right? They changed the industry with both Schedule City Cares by giving away $5,000 a month to a hairdresser and some barbers, right? And wow. with Schedule C Pays. Yeah, and Schedule C Pays was huge. Ginormous. It, yeah, and, and it definitely, definitely will save you money. Yeah. No I mean, doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, a 1.99% processing fee and for 10 cents uh, a swipe. I mean, you do your research. You can't find better. No. And a free card reader. And a free card reader. That's right. <laughs> Which is integrated right into the app, right? So you don't have to leave the app. Everything is, uh, is right there for you. Yeah. And also we want to bring to the family. Yeah. So uh, we're also excited to talk about uh, salon scales and welcome them. Um, and then they give you the price, which then in turn, you, you, uh, you, you forward to your to your uh, client. So what they're doing is they're doing labor and product. So you charge for your labor, you know, you charge X amount, you know, per, per hour. And then you're also um, charging for your product, but they kind of walk you through that. But more importantly to me is you see exactly how much product you're using and, and exactly how much product that, it, that it's costing you. Right. So like, I know for instance, like I was way undercharging like for either a gloss or, or, or for a toner because I was using more product than I was actually charging for it. So, you know, for years and years and years, I've been losing money with those services. Well, now I've, I've readjusted my, schedule, my, my pricing. So now I can, I can make some more money on, on, on those products. Or so, not lose money. <laughs> not lose money. Exactly. I mean, literally, it's crazy when you do a gloss and now it's costing you money. You know, that, that's, that's just silly to it's think like about. Like taking your car to a mechanic and they charge you for labor and not for parts. Exactly. Right. You know, exactly. So now, now they've given us the ability to charge for that. Um, and, and again, just for me, the, the biggest aha for me was just the awareness of, of, of what these products are actually costing me because I had no clue before. A really, uh, another really cool thing about Salon Scales is that you just put in whatever product line that you're using and, and it's already preset in the, uh, in the app. You just go to their website and you go, hey, I'm using this product line, that product line, this product line. And it just, it automatically puts it in the app for you. So when you're, when you're weighing your, your product, you just boop, 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 boop. And even if like, like because we're independent, what do you got to do? Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> because we're independent, you know, we use, we use, it's not just one product line that we use or one color line that we use. Like I use, um, I use Schwarzkopf uh, Lightner, but I use Redken um, uh, shades and it's, and you're able to put all those products in there so you can weigh exactly, uh, exactly what you, uh, what you want. So they're making it super easy for you. They're making it incredibly easy for you and you're saving money and you can actually make money because I think I said earlier, you can, you can set the price to whatever you want to charge for that. Meaning like if a tube of color is costing you $10, you can mark it up. So it's $20. So when you forward that to your client, that um, little bit of a, a, a margin there as well. It's, it's so great. Um, again, just thank you very much, Salon Scales. Thank you for being on board with us. And, uh, and we can't wait to see how you guys change the industry in 2020. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. And of course, I'm sitting with my boy, Tony. What's up, brother? No, What's up, no more best? My best boy, my uh, best boy. My What's best up? bud. What's up, man? <laughs> uh, chilling, brother. I'm excited about today's conversation, man. Yeah, it's actually a conversation that, you know, ever since the new tax law was uh, was introduced that we've, we've been trying to have. And, and, you know, frankly, the last couple of years, I don't think accountants really knew what was in store. So now that we're a year into the new tax law, I think we have a little bit more education or certainly our CPAs have a little bit more education about what it all means. And that's who we have on today. Today, Yeah, today we have Michelle Cook on and uh, she's a CPA. And, uh, and um, I believe part of her story was she's a hairdresser. Or she was. She went to hair school at, at some point. So maybe she can enlighten us just a little bit with that, but I really want to get into the tax law as well. Which is great because she has a uh, special place in her heart for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Looking out for the hairdresser. Looking out for the hairdresser, exactly. Or she, the uh, salon owner. Or, but 
yeah we look out for our industry which is which is, which is what we're trying to share with with, with you lots yep. you know so uh Let's get in because we have a short period of time and lots of information. You ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. So, Michelle Cook, CPA, all the way from St. George, Utah. Welcome to your day off. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank, thank, so, thanks for coming on. So, was that right? Are you from, uh, were you a hairdresser? Okay, so technically, no. So, I went to beauty school when I was in high school. My high school had this really awesome program where you could pay 500 bucks. So, it bought your kit and it, they covered the tuition. Uh, so I went during my senior year in high school, finished up a little bit afterwards, and then I graduated, but then I knew that I didn't have the skills to be able to do exactly what I wanted to do because I wanted to open up a salon. Mm -hmm. And so I said, I feel like I need to go get a bachelor's degree to be able to do that. And looking back, I probably didn't need to. I probably should have just jumped into the industry and <laughs> learned along the way, you know, apprenticed and then you know, learn the industry that way. But anyways, I kind of felt like I needed that. And then when I went to go get my bachelor's degree, I started taking accounting courses and did super well in them and realized that I had a talent there. And I decided to pursue that instead. So here we <laughs> and are. Now, and now it's coming full circle because now she's helping out salon owners um, with their with their taxes and the new tax laws. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's nice staying close to the industry, even if I'm not still in it. I know it's well. We appreciate you. You know, in in our business, there's there's different people at different times to appreciate. So I think you know the first the first quarter of each year, we appreciate you guys. Hey, so um, so what we're going to talk about today is just the uh, the must know tax deductions um for our industry. So um, it, it's clear to me that that it's good for like salon owners, and these deductions are are clear for independent stylists. But but is there any is there any information there for like the uh, the hairdresser that works behind the chair? So if you're working in a, like a commission-based salon and you're getting a W-2 as an employee with the new tax laws, there's really not much for you in terms, well, I should say everything was simplified for you. So you can just pretty much file your return on your own, but there are no special deductions. You can't really deduct anything as an employee anymore. So it's all, this is mostly just for the business owners. Okay, awesome. Well, you know, again, and Tony and I are those, you know, we're just, we're very fortunate to be at a time in our industry where, where there's tons and tons of business owners, whether they're independent or whether they're commission-based salons. But let's jump right in, man. What, what are some of the, uh, the, the must-knows? So our biggest change with this new tax law was something called a qualified business income deduction. And I don't want to get too caught up on the names of things, but <laughs> basically it's a, a 20% deduction on whatever your income was. So if let's say you made a hundred grand, you automatically get to deduct $20,000. Just because, just because you're a business owner, boom. Boom, yeah. So huge, huge deduction for small business owners. It doesn't apply to C corporations, but you know, salons usually aren't C corporations. So pretty much any salon is gonna be able to use this one. That's a great one, man. So that's 20% right off the, I actually thought, I thought when they were when they were discussing it last year, weren't they discussing it? Weren't they talking about it being a fifteen percent deduction? That's what I thought. I thought we talked about that last uh, year. Yeah, that was last year. I don't remember <laughs> too many conversations from last year. It's like <laughs> uh, fair, fair enough. So, I, but that's a huge one, man. Twenty percent. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if I did that last year. Yeah, I'm not sure. Right. I got. I got to go. I have to go back and check myself. So that's twenty grand right off the bat. Right. Just boom, right there, just for just for existing. Like you didn't have to do anything for it, just being a small business owner. Boom, I love that. You uh -huh. know, 
That's yeah. Right. So are, are there any uh, other uh, other than a C Corp? Are there any other limits or that's it? Nothing. So, well, this one was actually an interesting one back in the beginning because there's some language in there and I don't want to get into the weeds of the law or anything like that. But people were wondering, are there going to be some limitations on salon owners? Because they were saying, oh, there might be a limitation on people who use their skills to get their income. And ultimately what it came down to is no, it's there, that limitation will not apply to salon owners. So that was really good news. But something to be aware of is there's kind of in the industry right now, this change happening where, yeah, you're behind the chair, but then also you're, you've got your influencers who are out promoting and they actually were pretty clear that once you are promoting things and that you're getting income from from who you are yeah like your endorsements then that income is subject to this limitation and so i just like to tell people you know once you get up to influencer status and you're actually getting income from doing endorsements then you want to set up a separate entity so that your income from behind the chair is not impacted Okay, so so Tony and I working as hairdressers, we get the 20%, but Tony and I working as podcasters where we might get some sponsorships or we might get some some endorsement type deals. So um, those would be those would be handled under our 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 uh, our hairdustry LLC as opposed to um, the chair. That's really, really good to know. Mm -hmm, right. Yeah. And I think sometimes it can just be really easy for people to get caught up in. Well, I started this Instagram, I wasn't making any money at first. So you know, when what's the point where you do something about it? And I would just say, you know, once you start earning some money, go ahead and set up a separate entity and keep things separated. That, that's actually genius, genius yeah. advice, you know, way to like not get trapped, right? Not, right. Get that, not, not getting that federal government bear trap right there, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and to be honest, the limitations come in when your income gets a little bit higher, but it's still, in my opinion, just good to set it up from the beginning that way. It just keeps things clean. It's easier to run everything. Perfect. And, and so let's get into like the, the, what a lot of people have this conversation about the tips, claiming tips. Does it hurt? Does it help? I mean, I know that a lot of us, well, we know it hurts if you get busted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So I know this is a, controversial topic. Uh, I just want to start by saying I'm not judging anyone by what's happened in the past because like, I was in beauty school. Like, I know what I was told by other people in beauty school or, you know, the whispers that come around and people say, oh, you can just, you know, not claim those tips and this is super awesome. You don't have to pay the taxes on it. So it sounds like a good deal at first, uh, like, like you were saying, until you get caught. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> even if you don't get caught, it's still in my opinion, a benefit to you to claim your tips. Biggest number one reason would be anytime you need financing, whether that's for a car or a house, or maybe you want to open up a salon and you need some financing, it's going to be a lot easier for you to get that if you're claiming all of your income. It certainly increases your income by, you know, 15 or 20%, right? Right. You know, so right. that's, that's a good thing. I mean, certainly being independent, like, you know, a lot of our tips are done right on the credit card statement. So there's no sidestepping uh, yeah. <laughs> There's no side how, how does it impact the salon owner if you're if you're a stylist under a salon owner if you if you pay or you don't pay 
Actually, you know what? This is a good conversation that I want to have. Just if you're working behind the chair, wait till you hear what, uh, what your salon owners have to eat, right? <laughs> right. Okay. So if you're a salon owner and you've got employees working for you, then any tip money that they get, you are required to pay employment taxes on those. So that would be the social security, Medicare taxes. It ends up being uh, all around it to about 8% that the salon owner needs to pay on those tips. So, so what happens if your employees are pocketing maybe the cash tips and not telling you about it? Well, if someone like comes into audit from the IRS and they find out what's going on, the salon owner is now responsible for penalties and interest on those taxes that they should have paid that they didn't even realize they were supposed to be because they thought that their employees were claiming their tips and they didn't realize it. Well, that's, that, that's scary as a salon. I mean, once again, something else scary for, for salon ownership, not to talk anyone out of it, but that that's kind of scary, but you know, I just to, just to say it again. So for, if I get a hundred dollars, if I'm a commission salon and I get a hundred dollars in tip, my, my employer is responsible for 8% of those taxes. So like if you're if you're a commission salon and they're giving you those hundred dollars and understand that that just costs them eight dollars, you know. And when and when and when our business runs at barely a ten percent um, profit margin or, or the margin's like ten percent and they're giving up eight percent for your tips, you know. Once again, give your salon owners a hug and and and, and a big thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Once you dive into the numbers of what it takes to run a salon, there's definitely probably a lot more gratitude go into the salon owners than you would initially realize. Yeah, hundred percent. I know I've learned a bunch being um, a salon or even though, you know, it's not a really a salon, but it's uh, as an independent stylist, like, you know, you go, Oh, they paid for that too. Holy cow. You know, how many times I say that in the right. first year, <laughs> they paid for that too. <laughs> That's crazy. All right, let's get into the, uh, to the nuts and bolts of it. Like, like what are some of like the, uh, the most common deductions that we can, that we can, uh, you know, deduct. Right. So I think the biggest one that people wonder about is their cell phone because usually we're using it for personal, we're using it for business. So what's going on? What can we deduct? I like to say you can split out your personal versus your business. So let's say you use the phone half the time for your business, half the time for personal, then you can deduct half of that expense. Um, now, is that just phone, is that just phone calls or, or like, you know, if I'm like promoting my business on Instagram or something like that, I can, I can put that into the formula as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause it's data, it's text, it's everything. It's all that phone usage for sure. I would say if you're going to be doing anything more than 75%, the IRS might raise an eyebrow and think you're getting greedy, but I think anything below that, as long as you're, you know, reasonable about it, should be so, fine. So 70% is pretty, uh, is pretty safe shall we say should be yeah <laughs> fair awesome just don't get greedy homie. Just don't get greedy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it all comes down to you know what's actually going on because that's what if you ever were to get audited or something they're just gonna say well prove it so as long as you can show oh yeah hey look look my screen time says i spend three hours a day on instagram doing my business <laughs> or you know whatever it is as long as you're able to prove it out and just be realistic about what's going on in your life. That's awesome. All right. Another one, another big controversy. What, what do you have for like uh, cars or miles or. Yeah. Okay. So there are two ways that you can deduct 
car expenses. So one of them is to track like every little thing, all of your insurance, every time you fill up your gas tank, blah, blah, blah. It's just a hassle. Uh, the easiest way is to track your mileage. So anytime you go on a business trip, you make a log of it. Uh, it, it doesn't count for commuting from your home to the salon, but maybe you run to go get product. Maybe you're going to a hair show or you're doing education somewhere, anything like that. Um, so then you can go ahead and put those miles into the tax return. And then it's about 55 cents a mile that they give you for a deduction. It's important to keep a log of those miles. My opinion, easiest way, do it with an app. So if you use QuickBooks, then they've got the mileage tracking. There's another app called MileIQ that is free up to a certain amount of travel each month. So that's going to make it way easier than pulling out a pencil and paper from your glove box. So as a salon owner or a suite owner, you cannot do the, the everyday travel to and from the salon. You cannot. Right. That's just considered your commute. Right. Well, answer me this, and this is just a uh, on Tony's uh, on, on on Tony's question or, or statement, I guess, is why is it that we can't write off our commute? And I, I'll, I'll I'll phrase that as a statement, but we can write off our parking, even though it's like a daily use. <clears throat> there is no logic in this place. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the name of the podcast. <laughs> Um, I, I really couldn't tell you why one way or the other, but, but, it, but that's true. Yeah. You can deduct parking. Um, the, I can venture to say that the reason why they don't allow commute is just because they employees can't deduct that either. And maybe they're trying to keep a level playing field there. Got it. <laughs> no, there's no logic to this. Everyone's always like, why this? I was like, well, I can't tell you why they did it. I can just tell you what they did. Awesome. So what's another common deduction? Okay. So this is actually a big change entertainment expenses. So it used to be that, you know, if you took a client out maybe to a basketball game or you did something entertainment wise that you'd be able to get a deduction for that, just know that they nixed that with the new law and you cannot deduct entertainment. So, so is it so like so is entertainment even a line item anymore? Like there's nothing about entertainment that you can that you can that you can justify. There's some really narrow uh, exceptions, and I would just say discuss those with your tax accountant when the time comes to actually file because it's probably not likely. Mm. What about um and we, we talked about this last year, certainly. Um, what, what are the food deductions? Like, does that also fall, fall, fall under entertainment? Or, or like, if I take you out to dinner, Michelle, next time we're in St. George, can, can we Please write do. that off? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you tell me how much I can write off. And we'll talk about it. <laughs> it depends where we go. <laughs> so food and beverage in general is 50% deductible. So if there's some kind of business reason for going out to lunch, then that can be deducted. If you're just going out for your daily lunch break, that's not deductible. But yeah, if you're taking a client out because you want to talk to them about a new service that you're offering or or maybe just in general, you're meeting with the salon owner, whatever it is, because you've got to talk business, then well, that's deductible. Say, all right, say, say we put, we're putting on this show, right? Uh, Presley Poe and Friends. 
and we have it catered. So only 50% of that catered is tax deductible. So there are certain exceptions. One easy example is say you've got water bottles for your clients. So any kind of food that's available to the public, that's a hundred percent deductible. So then you have other things like a work party, for example, let's say you have a holiday party for your employees, that food is a hundred percent deductible. But then I would say like Presley Poe and friends, they're not your employees, they're you know, associates, business associates, then that would be 50% deductible. Mm, that makes sense. Another one on the food real quick. So, um, and maybe I'm a, I'm, I'm picking too deep here, but, uh, but, you know, Tony and I were business partners, certainly in this podcast, right? So if we went out and we were to uh, discuss the podcast or discuss upcoming guests and stuff during our lunch hour, you know, at, while we're also working in the salon, could we write that? Could we write 50% of that meal off as well? I think that's reasonable. As long as there's a genuine, you know, business conversation going on, that seems reasonable to me. We never stop talking about this podcast. So can we write 50% of our life off? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, if you, if you start getting your expenses too high, it might raise a red flag to the IRS, but really what it comes down to is documentation. So you just write on your receipt, I met with this person, throw it away in your shoebox, And then on the 1% chance that you have of getting audited, at least you've got the documentation there. That's good. And then do you, um, I know you recommended QuickBooks, not really recommended, but you said that QuickBooks did the, um, did the miles for you. Um, it, the, the picture taking with QuickBooks where you can actually take a picture of your receipts and stuff that that's effective as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a great option. Especially if you like not having a bunch of papers laying around. So we can burn our shoe box is what you're saying after you take a picture of it. I burn mine. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough then, isn't it? <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Um, what else do we have? Oh, what about, um, what about like retirement plans? Okay. So this one could become a huge topic. Let's just say, Yes, there are a few different retirement plan options. First of all, absolutely, yes, if you're listening, you should be contributing to a retirement plan because there's going to be a day when your back is going to be real tired of cutting hair and you need that money stashed away so that you can retire someday. It's so important. Um, but there is something called a traditional IRA and there's something called a Roth IRA. So with the traditional, you get a tax deduction this year whenever you make your contributions, it's tax deduction. With the one that's called a Roth, you don't get a deduction now, but when you're actually retired and you pull the money out of the account, you don't pay taxes on it. Oh. So, yeah, I think you only what, paid the taxes on the interest earned? Right. On well, the Roth? I don't even think you pay on the interest earned with the Roth, which is the real beauty of it. Um, the really, what well, I like to tell people right now is generally Roth is going to be your best bet because our tax rates are historically low. And so maybe as they change tax laws, you might want to consider traditional, but with the right now, Roth is pretty good. Is there, does Roth have a limit, like an annual limit? Yeah. So it changes every year. Forgive me if I don't totally remember. I think it's about 5,500 um, okay. with the, with the IRA. If you've got a 401k set up, then it's more like 18 grand, but 
a 401k is generally if you're an employer and you've got some employees going on. So if you're running, you're running a commission-based salon, but there are some limitations there. So can you, can you, um, can you invest both in a traditional and a Roth? Like, let's say you hit your $5,500 limit with a Roth. Can you then open up a traditional IRA or does it not work that way? I don't think it works that way. Look at me always trying to scam the, uh, the Austin. <laughs> it's all good. All right, moving on. How about rent? You know, like my suite or if I wanted to rent out my chair or. Right. So, yeah, of course, any kind of like normal day-to-day expenses like rent are definitely going to be deductible. And quite frankly, that'll probably be one of your biggest deductions. Something to know about rent is that if you're a booth renter, then you should be issuing your salon owner a 1099 at the end of the year. With the one exception of if your salon owner is an S corp, then you wouldn't need to. But if they're an LLC, then yeah, you need to issue that 1099. I think a lot of salon owners don't realize that they need to issue those. Does that also, like Tony and I, we, um, we, we're, we're suite owners. Should we be issuing our suite uh, owner a 1099 as well? Yeah, any landlord type situation, if you pay more than $600 in a year, then you want to give them a 1099. Unless, oh. of course, they're an S corp, because <laughs> then you think, wouldn't need to. I don't think they are, right? I'm pretty sure they're an LLC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you might ask them about it because some LLCs elect to be taxed as S corp. So even though their legal name says LLC, they might still be an S corp. So with the with the um, I'm talking from like podcast brain now. You know, different different. We're not in the suite anymore. But like you know, like if we invest in like a new camera or a new computer or you know these mics or or, or some of our setups, like. Like I'm super mega confused about how these deductions work. Uh, I guess I have two, a two part question. Like if you can kind of like give us a little bit of insight about how these kind of deductions work one. And then two, what's the justification about, you know, the, what, what do they call it? Like when it starts to lose value or something over depreciate. the depreciate the depreciation thing. But anyways, sorry, not to get ahead of ourselves, but carry on. <laughs> right. So, I mean, any, any kind of, business, you're going to have to buy some physical items to be able to run it, whether that's, you know, the chairs and the stations at your salon or the haircutting tools, whatever it is. Um, And with this podcast mics and all the nice (laughs) (laughs) recording equipment you have. So there are certain tax laws that will let you deduct everything all in the year that you purchased them. Um, and that's can be really, really nice. Um, there are other times when you can't do that and they've got to be deducted over time. And so that's kind of where it gets into the depreciation that you're talking about. So let's just keep the math simple. Let's say you paid $100 for, well, if you paid $100 for something, you're probably not going to depreciate it because it's just too low of an amount. Let's say 1000 Let's say $1,000. Okay. Let's, let's, yeah, let's say a thousand dollars. And then you start, even that to be honest, could probably be expensed, but let's just keep it simple and say a thousand dollars. So let's say it's something that the IRS has, Oh, you know, this asset is usually going to be good for like five years. And so you take that expense of $200 every, every year for five years until you can deduct the full thousand dollars. So this is one that you want to work with a tax accountant on because sometimes it seems nice like, oh yeah, I can deduct all my stuff up front. Just last year, I was helping a lady who opened up a salon and I actually chose not to deduct everything up front 
because because the salon was so new, the income wasn't very high. So she ended up being able to qualify for some additional credits uh, by pushing that expense off into future years. And so that's where the help of a tax accountant comes in really handy because we can kind of look at the big picture and see how things are fluid and move around. What's going to be the most advantageous situation for you. That's genius. Isn't that's, brilliant. It? that's why you always hire someone smarter than yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I concur. Right. <laughs> oh, man. So, so what else? What, there's got to be, there's got to be more, right? More, more, more. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would just say like the general rule is any kind of ordinary expense that you're going to have is going to be deductible. So if that ends up being insurance, if you're getting education, if you need supplies, cleaning, any uniforms, licenses, advertising, utilities, all of these just normal expenses that you're having with your company, you're going to be able to deduct it. Actually, you know, I, I, two things. One, I want to, I want to ask you, remind me to ask her about, about, about rental, um, the, the rental write-off. Um, but, but the other one too, is that um, a lot of people, uh, uh, certainly the talk that we have at, at the, at, at the salon is, you know, can we write off clothing? Can we write off, you know, if we have to buy like a pair of, you know, a fashionable pair of jeans because, you know, it's important for us to be in fashion or whatever the justification is. How, how does the IRS see that? Oh, I love this question. Okay. So this is especially a really big one now that people are doing photo shoots for their Instagram and all this stuff. Clothing generally is not deductible because the IRS sees it as if it's something that you can wear beyond behind the chair, beyond that photo shoot then it's not going to be deductible. If it's a uniform, let's say you've got, you know, labeled stuff with your salon name and everyone's wearing the same outfit, that is deductible because it crosses over into the uniform. But just general clothing is not deductible. My hat right now says hair industry. Can I write off my, uh, my hat or because I wear it outside, I can't? I would say when it's something like this where it's like a labeled advertising promotional thing then yeah i think you should be able to deduct that dude i'm wearing nothing but hair industry stuff right now <laughs> <laughs> Forever. i'm gonna be that guy hey right. who's that guy actually michelle you might know this there's a guy that, that lives in the neighborhood of our salon matthew all the money the question yeah marks. He, he used to have an infomercial matthew leskley or matthew something like that he had all the question marks all over his suits and stuff he used to um he used to sell this book of how to get grants from the from the U.S. government. He had this like really, it was like the early '90s, right? It was like this maybe '80s. It was this really like, you know, like high beat like Sunday, 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 you know, kind of thing. And uh, and he would he had an infomercial. And and anyways, he uh, he lives in the neighborhood that our salon is, and, and all of his cars are covered in question marks. He's covered in question marks. Everything's covered in question marks. But real quick, back to the rental thing. So. So let's say I pay $10,000 a year in rent. Now, do I get to deduct 100% of that 10,000 or, 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 or is there a percentage to that? If you own, like if you're a booth renter, or if you own the salon, yeah, you get to deduct all of that. So, that, so you're saying like, so $10,000 comes off the top of my write-offs um, from there. Yeah, absolutely. So with my 20%, so if I make 100000 I'm paying 10000 in rent. That's $30,000 in, in a write-off right off the top. Let me just clarify that one. So the 100 would be what you're netting. So 
let's say you made, you grossed 200, you had a hundred of expenses and in uh, those expenses are the rent and all your everything that left over 100, that's when the 20% comes off. Oh, that's good to know. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah, that's not huge. off the top because then yeah. so that's the last so that's the last number that's uh that's taken off, not the first number. Yeah, I mean the IRS isn't that generous. <laughs> right. Well, well, you know what? I, I didn't I literally didn't realize that. Yeah, that's, I'm I'm glad we clarified. That's game changing. Yeah. You know, otherwise I would have been backwards and I would have <laughs> IRS would be like, hey, homie. <laughs> IRS would have been I'd have been like, IRS, you owe me money. <laughs> And, uh, you know, that's why it's important when you're getting your taxes done, have your accountant calculate your quarterly estimated payments that you should be making. That way you're not getting a surprise at the end of the year. Mm. Mm, is right. So let's, let's talk about the podcast for a quick second. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, I guess like influencer, I wonder if it falls under like with the influencers or whatever, like say if we had a sponsor, right? Say if we had one. Yeah. Say if we this, wouldn't be the, this wouldn't be the appropriate time to throw out a schedulicity and maybe salon scales or right. something. Which are tax deductible, by the way. What? Are they? Well, I mean, they're expenses. If you're, yeah, if you're getting schedulicity or salon scale for your business and you're paying money, absolutely, you can deduct those. Oh, but, but <laughs> they're, they're, they might be giving us money. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, you're all, I'm just talking about the people listening if they're purchasing those and they can also deduct those on there. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah, got it. Got yeah, it. So, okay. Okay. So that monthly, you know, revolving fee can be deductible and mm -hmm. oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. That's good to know too. Right. Like the, uh, those, those services, those are all awesome, man. I hope, uh, I hope people find value in that and, uh, and, uh, and you know, whatever, whatever. So, so if our listeners like, Hey, I want to learn more, if I want to find out, or if they want to reach out to you, I mean, how can they find you? Where, where can they find you? Yeah. Easiest way would probably be my Instagram. I am at small business CPA and you could also check out our website. We're cartercookcpas.com. And my email is Michelle at cartercookcpas.com. So at small business CPA, um, you have your, uh, you have your, uh, your, your link on there as well for the, uh, for the CPA firm. Right. Yeah. They can link into my website from the Instagram. Oh, that's awesome. That, that'd probably be the easiest easy, way to easy. kind of figure. Right. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. That's so cool. Michelle, dude, I hope, uh, I hope people got a lot of value out of that. Cause I know I, I had a couple like mind blow things. Absolutely. hundred percent. Well, or 20% on the uh, net, not on the gross. <laughs> right, my big mind blow. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, thank That's you cool. so much. We really, really appreciate this. We appreciate you. And uh, hopefully, like you said, our, our listeners uh, truly uh, got some knowledge bombs from it. I hope so, too. And, you know, I mean, if you uh, if you have any uh, tax questions, I guess you can just DM Michelle. And then, Michelle, I'm going to ask you if you get a bunch of questions from the podcast, um, let us know. Maybe we can bring those questions together and then start answering questions. Um, maybe we can do another podcast or like another little uh, small talk and talk about the questions that she's receiving. That'd be pretty awesome. Yep. That's yeah, awesome. that'd be way fun. Michelle, so uh, thank you very much for coming on. And, and you know, we'll be in Utah here in a, in a few months. Maybe uh, maybe we can uh, do a drive-by high five or something. Yeah, yeah. do a uh, deductible lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm up for that. <laughs> That's awesome. Michelle Cook, CPA, small business CPA. Thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off.
Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find... Actually, you can. You can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>